Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast. I'm your host, Carson Tamar. Happy Halloween, everybody. Coming Ooh. to you a day early to get this out on Halloween. I am joined by two terrifying ghouls today. Elena Falbs, Paul Price. How are my favorite ghosts doing today? I'm annoyed. Why? <laughs> okay, so, and I've already told you guys about this, but I figure the podcasters need to know. Um... <laughs> So my friend, like at the last second, is like, oh, we're having it. Actually, friend of the podcast, Chris, um, goes, uh, oh, I'm having a Halloween party on Sunday. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. I'm just going to do something quick. I'm going to do a zombie, but I'm going to get the contact. So everyone's like, whoa, that's cool. Look at you go. Um, it's called being lazy, but planning to where I don't look lazy. Um, and so uh, that was a great idea, except <laughs> after going to four stores, Found out Halloween contacts are illegal. You can only get them from like a prescription. They're um, illegal. They're illegal. <laughs> what? But like people like cosplay with like contacts all the right, time. Right. You have to get them through your optometrist. Like you can't just like buy them. Yeah. No, they're prescription. <laughs> what? <laughs> like imagine getting prescription zombie eyes. <laughs> I've never been to the optometrist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's really sad for you um no, I, have I like to imagine it's just a never had eye issues. no <laughs> i have like you know when i go to like get physicals at my normal doctor they're like wow you have amazing vision i'm like i know i've never been to glasses doctor <laughs> i would She's never marry somebody that needs to wear glasses <laughs> because i can't have my kids having ruined perfect vision they have to like take on that that's not how me. that works <laughs> yes, it is <laughs> My parents don't wear glasses. Nobody in my family wears glasses. So true. We have strong eye genetics. <laughs> um, I sent Alina a video <laughs> from TikTok yesterday. And I was like, wait, is this not how everything looks? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh, I guess I have an astigmatism. It was like, here's how to see what an astigmatism looks like. And I was like, that's... I was like isn't this like the normal world? And I was like, no, bestie, it's not. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was basically that, like, the lights, like, have these cool, like, shimmering look to them. Yeah, I thought it was everybody. No, apparently not. Just me. Mm -hmm. My blind ass. Um, so maybe I should get zombie contacts. But anyway, so now my low effort costume now looks low effort, and that's upsetting for me. The only thing I thought could be funny, and I don't even know if I'm doing it, is there's two parts to the party. One at the house, and then one at the bar after. And I was thinking about just doing a bite on my arm when I go to the party and then when we meet up at the bar running home doing zombie makeup real quick and then coming out and it's like oh I changed well that's that fun. Really fun you got more um, I love that yeah. um it depends on how drunk I am because then I would just come in and just like it's the worst looking thing you've ever seen <laughs> I'm also making butter beer which I thought would be a fun quick thing butterscotch schnapps is nowhere in all of Los Angeles I had to order it from like amazon fresh and i was like fuck <laughs> it's just been it's been a rough couple and alina was like you should have planned and i'm like i didn't know about this party <laughs> i didn't know i was going out for halloween but i bought angel wings just in case and i had a cute little castiel costume <laughs> i don't know who the fuck that is peace and love he's from supernatural oh didn't see he was a hit 
your TikTok, I assume, was funny. I don't, again, don't really know funny. what it is, but it was great. <laughs> it's, I thought. It is, it's a good show, Carson. You should watch it. At least the first five seasons. Should I? Should I? No. <laughs> no. I, got, I got into an argument with someone about whether or not the first five seasons are the good part or the yes, time are. after that. No, the first five seasons are perfect TV. Someone was like, no, like the first five seasons are okay, but then the last couple seasons are when they get to like be funny. And I'm like, that person's an idiot. <laughs> what season are you on, Alina? I on season eleven, episode three. How many seasons are there? Fifteen. Okay. Well, you're getting there at least. <laughs> yeah. My method of watching at least one episode a day is really working. So funny. I love when we have positive goals for ourselves to better our lives. And... Hey, you want to hear <laughs> yeah. a story about bettering my life? Sure. It. Uh, you guys have heard this story already, but I think the podcast will enjoy it. It has to do with revenge and karma. So as, <laughs> the, as the squad knows, I have decided to move home. And I asked my building supervisor to break my lease the other week because this apartment has mice and roaches and it's just not fun and fresh and I hate it. Um, And she was like, no, no, you have to assign your lease. We'll take care of the vermin problem before these new tenants move in. And I was like, okay, sure. I want to get out of here. So I will go along with this bullshit. Um, And I posted my apartment on Kijiji and I was like, hello, please take over my lease. I pay $990 for this shoe box. Perhaps you would like to also. And I found three (laughs) people that were interested in moving into this apartment for some idiotic reason. Um, And I was like, cool. So I passed those three people's information on to the building supervisor. And then, then on Tuesday, this was the last Tuesday. And then on Wednesday morning, she texts me and she's like, hey, I sent applications to those three people. If you have any more, let me know. And make sure to tell them that the new rental price is $12.50. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean there's a new rental price? Aren't they continuing my lease? That sounds very false and incorrect. (laughs) $1,250 for a shoebox apartment with mice and roaches. Could you imagine? Um, and then I cried on the bus to work because I was freaking out that nobody wanted to take the apartment at $1,250. And then my friend called the Ontario Landlord Tenant Board on my behalf and told me that what the rental company and building supervisor was doing was illegal because they basically are violating my right to assignment, which is against the Residential Tenancies Act of 2006 under the Ontario government. So I wrote them a really fun email and I like listed out the exact article number saying you violated my rights here, 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 and here. And then I said, because you violated all my rights under these subsections, I get to move out in 30 days. And then they never answered that email, which was interesting. And I came home the day I sent the email to a letter at my door And it said that the building supervisor and her husband, who is the building maintenance guy, no longer work for the company. So I like to think I got them fired. Don't fuck with Alina Falls. Message of the day. Also, Uh, didn't you get like a hoarder kicked out too? I don't know if that's true or not. She had an inspection and I don't know where it went further than that. But I think the roaches are coming from her. Alina is bringing the entire floor. She's just a giant roach. (laughs) Like men in black. (laughs) Honestly, that wouldn't surprise me. Because, like, apparently the lady next door is a hoarder. And then the man across from me feeds, like, birds and squirrels and whatever. And I'm like, that's where the mice are coming from. It's from him. And the roaches are from her. 
I need to get out of here. The rats are going to hate this announcement. I've got to get away from all this wildlife. I'm moving to a farm. Hey, you know who is there to kill wild animals on the farm? Bruce. (laughs) We'll be fine. We know. (laughs) I love him five years when you go Pearl. Like, it's going to be great. (laughs) I'm a star. (laughs) It's going to happen. I'm going to get upset that people don't watch my TikToks. (laughs) Your TikToks that are not aligned. (laughs) Anyway, I had a a fantastic week. I had a wonderful week. Shout out Taylor Swift. I like to think that her song Karma made this all possible. (laughs) I like that we all have been like, yeah, Midnight's, we're doing it. <laughs> Even um, Paul bought the vinyl. Uh, okay, so here's why I bought the vinyl of Taylor Swift's Midnight's, which I have still not listened to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there at drinks with one of my friends, and they like lost their mind about Taylor Swift in a way that I've never seen any human get mad at anything. And I was like, I just feel like i need to be petty so i bought the vinyl and i sent pictures of the vinyl <laughs> i was like look what i bought and then apparently what's even funnier is one of their friends bought all five versions of the vinyl oh my god so that makes the clock yeah i think so I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to the entire album yet i've just heard the songs on tiktok um but yeah no I, <laughs> per uh, for me i feel like uh, what what i've heard will be exactly what i was going to use it for anyway which is like oh yeah friends over let's just put on something and have it lightly in the background and it's like they'll kind of blend together and they're kind of nice like i don't know if you've ever been to a friend's house and they're like let me put on like you know one of the greatest albums of all time or whatever and you're like okay i can't pay attention to a single thing you're saying because it's just a dell bop after a dell bop like what am i supposed to do about you know listening to what you're saying your life isn't that interesting i really thought you were saying i don't know if you've ever been to a friend's house period like oh well i was like wow okay (laughs) carson sent us multiple pictures of him in costume just in his bathroom (laughs) it's not halloween yet why is everyone all my halloween stuff guys is on halloween everyone is out there on saturday night well halloween's on monday this year like what do you want from me? That's when it fucking lands. <laughs> Deal with it. I have a, two jobs, Carson. <laughs> you don't have a child. Like, you don't need to, like... Anyway. <laughs> I don't listen, get it. I was not in charge of the work Halloween party. I just got I just got my ass out for it. Valid. Okay. How was your Halloween party, Carson? I enjoyed your meme costumes. I don't know. I'll let you know when it's Monday um, <laughs> on Halloween. That's weird. Because I have two costumes. I have one for my day at work, which I work at a high school. So I have one costume for that. And then I have a costume for my party after work. So the pictures you sent us, were you practicing your Halloween costume? It was me getting, yes. I love that. It was me like (laughs) developing them, seeing. Because I've never really dressed up before. So it's coming. It's forming. (laughs) I can't believe you've like... Never. didn't do halloween as a child like, we didn't my do any holidays like, it's weird because you're not the, religious i literally sat in my room and cried alone on christmas and i didn't get a gift like the amount of things life. that carson like casually reveals he's never done it's just like it's like this amish alien like occasionally <laughs> yeah. pops up. and like it's not because of a religion or anything we just like did not do family stuff 
That's trauma. You should go to therapy. I don't. It's okay. You really should. <laughs> and let's start off our Halloween festivities by looking at some Shudder Originals, the premier streaming service for horror. Um, Shudder has released a ton of originals over the last few months celebrating Halloween. Um, and we're going to talk about a few, Paul, because we watched some of these things. Let's start off with Deadstream, telling the story of a YouTuber named Sean, who also likes streams. Um, his whole gimmick on the internet is that he wants to face all of his fears and capture them on camera in a somewhat comedic way, it seems. Um, and fresh off being canceled for something, he is on his last fear, which is staying overnight in a haunted house. So he goes to this abandoned house, he's live streaming, blah, 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 he's hearing noises, but then a woman shows up claiming to be a fan, and it seems like something darker might be going on inside this house. Um, I don't actually know what you think of this. I assume you hate this, but maybe I'm wrong. I love this film. I think the key here is, is Sean going to be annoying for you or not? For me, for whatever reason, there was not a single moment where I thought Sean was like grating. He's definitely trying to be annoying, obviously, this character, this actor. Um, he's trying to be over the top in that YouTuber way. But I really had like no issue with him as far as like being genuinely annoying. I think the scares, like horrors are pretty good here. Um, the concept is pretty fun with the live stream aspect. It kind of reminds me of Spree from like 2020, which was another film I enjoyed. I think you hated. Maybe I'm wrong there. Um, so I enjoyed Deadstream. What did you think? Um, I, I'm definitely more mixed. Um, I, I did not like it when I first watched it, but I think it's grown on me a, a little bit more. Um, just thinking about it in hindsight. Um I think my main problem with this film was exactly what you said. Um, if you find Sean, who also is the director, uh, Joseph Winter, who directed it with his, I'm going to guess, wife, but it could be sister, Vanessa. Um, and they're, uh, they also did another segment that we'll talk about at VHS. Um, but yeah, I, I found him grading. Um, which is very weird because I usually I've watched a couple of these films where specifically they're like YouTubers. Um, and they don't grate me quite like this guy did. I think it's just there's a point, uh, uh, th and we'll talk about this in another film, um, where like you go, you could leave. And this is one where I was just like, go leave. There's so many points, uh, but overall I did, I did have fun with it. Um, a weird thing that you didn't really mention. This movie has the most fluids. I think of any movie I've ever seen. Um, and that includes uh, triangle of sadness. Like this was just like fluid after fluid. And it was like, um, <laughs> my friend kept calling it the goopiest movie she's ever seen. Um, it also has one segment towards the end of the film. That is the only time I have gagged in a movie in a while. Not just been like repulsed, full on gagged. Um, it just like hit me in a weird way. And I was like, nope, <laughs> still makes me sick. Just thinking about it. Um, it's the bathtub scene. If you um, you're like, yeah, oh, I knew um, it's very gross. But, I'll give you a <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think it totally depends on if you like him, um, which makes it hard not to recommend, you know, um, a lot of these movies, I'm like, I didn't like it because of this and you shouldn't like it either. This is like, no, I, I think it could, it could definitely work for you. It's, 
probably not something I would <laughs> watch with a group because if you don't enjoy it, you'll probably want to turn it off. Um, which my friend definitely did. She was like, can we just stop this one? And I'm like, nope, we're powering through. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad you liked it because I, I, a lot of my friends did too. Uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Chris loved it. Um, but yeah, it just didn't work super for me. And I think some of the issues I have, we'll talk about with their other project that came out this year, this month. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. We'll get to VHS 99 next, but yeah, I mean, I would recommend, I'd recommend Deadstream. I'd recommend you watch it with friends. It's a very wet film. As you mentioned, um, I don't really get why they chose like a spoiler image kind of to be the main image for the film. Don't get that. But I think this is well done. I think like, think back if you watch Spree, if you liked Spree, you're going to probably like this. If you hated Spree, you're probably going to hate this. Um, fun internet culture. I mean, it's light, right? Like, I don't think it really provides anything that deep or interesting narratively. Um, but I think it was fun. If you want like a really fun, casual watch um, that you haven't seen before, I'd recommend Deadstream. Which is more I can more than I can say for VHS ninety nine, the newest film in the VHS franchise, which I've seen none of. This is my first VHS film. Really, never. That's did. so sad. Um, because this is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> not the best say, introduction. <laughs> I didn't watch this and then go, oh, I need to binge all these. But I hear the others are better. Um, it's a collection. If you don't know the VHS franchise, it's a collection of anthologies. Normally, apparently, they have a overarching plot story or something. This really doesn't, other than a couple of them, kind of relate to each other. Um, but it all takes place in 1999. It's all in this VHS tape, and they're all creepy little scary tales. And I hated this film. Um, <laughs> Peace and love. I think this is grating. Um, speaking of grating, this film so much of this relies on like teenagers and kids and younger people young adults and every single time the dialogue is genuinely some of the worst dialogue i've ever seen there's not a single moment of this film where it feels like characters are speaking like authentically or naturally it's just like terribly executed which sucks because i like a lot of these ideas especially the very first one like the first story the ending of it is like, I was like, this is incredible. That's like a five-star concept. Unfortunately, it's just so painful to sit through. I really was not a fan here of really any story. I think they're all deeply flawed, deeply boring. Good I think, ideas, but not good. I think there's only one that's a highlight. And I think you are too young for Legends of the Hidden Temple. I, I don't know if you watched that as a kid. You did? Yes. Okay. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, that show probably went off air. Well, I had an older time. sister, so I watched Oh Nick yeah. A little early, yeah. Um But yeah, so the this the Aussie's Dungeon, um, which is by the same director as Kuso, actually, Flying Lotus, um, was the only one, and I don't think the ending works, and I think it's too long. But like the opening, I was like, this is great. This is exactly what it used to be like to watch those. Um, you know, what's funny about the VHS ones, and um, I see a lot of people saying this in their reviews, so I don't feel uh, completely uh, out on a limb saying this. Usually you're like, oh, there's the great one. And then there's like a couple fine ones. And there's one that you're just like, oh, my God, this is bad. These are all in the like lower. None of them hit the low points of some of the other ones. 
Like there's none that are here are just offensive. They're just kind of like, meh. Um, I, I think the ones that worked for me, um, there was, uh, suicide bid. I thought had some cool moments that were fun, a little spooky. Um, I really liked Ozzy's dungeon aspects of the gawker. I enjoyed more that the concept than it actually working. But I think, um, to me shredding and, uh, to hell and back were the two weakest and to hell and back specifically, um, which is basically these two guys get sent to hell. It's by the same director and he stars again, um, as Deadstream is the first film in my entire life where I've been like, you cannot do this on the budget you have. Like, <laughs> it's like watching it. And I'm like, this isn't even like, it doesn't even feel like a student film. It feels like less than a student <laughs> film. Movie. Like there's, yeah like you did it with your friends in a weekend which is probably what happened but like <laughs> they're supposed to be in hell and it's just like the same three rock formations again and again and uh weirdly also um chrissy from this film um is also <laughs> in this um as a little demon character and i was like wow as much as I'm like mid on Deadstream, even if I was a fan, I'm like, I don't think I need this to become like a, you know, uh, kind of like Steven Soderbergh. Oh, we use the same people every time. <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's not that. Um, you're not Tarantino with his like, you know, fans he uses every time. You're like, oh, look, it's Mabel. <laughs> it's Chrissy. It's like, no, this is not, this is not what I want. Um, but yeah, I just think all of them are kind of weak and all too long. Um, also weirdly spe spread out because um, Gawkers is the short one and having that just like in the middle felt really just like, oh, OK, um, because we'd gone through so many that were like full on feature length borderline, <laughs> like 30 minute, uh, you know, shorts that are passing shorts into just like you know, narratives. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, nothing will hit as high as, um, VHS 94's, uh, Ratma, which I still think about. Um, it's so funny. Um, it's so good. And then I was just expecting something even kind of close to that. And nothing hits. Um, I was really avoiding watching this one actually, because I love watching these with my friends as like a group thing. And it's just been busy this week. But um, retroactively, I was like, hmm, we would have been so bored, <laughs> like watching it the way I did. Just like being clinical is fine. But yeah, um, I don't know. Even the editing, like it's obviously VHS and like, I don't know. I eventually it gets gross tired when like a demon comes on screen and the VHS like buffers or like cuts. And it's like, I don't know. It really just became tiring to me. I think this is not meant to be necessarily like an A-list project in this franchise. If you look at the next one coming, H uh, VHS 85, uh, you have like David Bruckner, Scott De uh, Derrickson, which say what you want about, you know, specifically Scott, let's say his filmography. I appreciate having the director of the Night House on this project. He, Scott Derrickson is at least like a name. This, this one feels very like, oh, we just kind of want to throw a filler one in there with like rather unknown names. And the next one, hopefully, is going to be really good. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Um, it's it's it is funny, though, because most of these directors I know 
in a negative sense <laughs> when I was looking at this list. Um, specifically, uh, the director of, um, what was it? Shredded, uh, shredding, uh, Maggie Levin, who there was this old series that we definitely would have talked about, um, had it been on when we, uh, started doing the podcast, um, which was Hulu's into the dark series. And <laughs> I like was fine with most of them. I was like, these are like fun bordering on bad sometimes um except there was one by Margie Lovin that I was so mad about I was like punching walls when I finished it. It. um yeah basically just like stole headlines from like you know pretty famous like youtuber drama and I was just like you're just acting like this is your plot you didn't come up with a single thing <laughs> you just like it was literally like watching like you know one of those tea spill type style things and them being like we're changing names and making it a little horror but it's just this story i was so annoyed um so i have had ill will <laughs> towards her for a while um and so yeah did not change my opinion much on this one. I do, I do like the ending, but I don't think it builds enough to where it deserves that ending. It's, sure, in a vacuum, feels, that ending is incredible. Like, yeah, it, it just fe- it just feels a little campfire story. Like, it doesn't. It's something that you would like tell a story, and you're like, ooh, and it's like, why is this thirty minutes? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it really could have been five minutes, and I would have been fine. Uh, most yeah. of that film is literally just a bunch of teenagers like walking around a mall. So I, to the point that um, my uh, tinfoil hat theory on this is that shredding was supposed to be the overarching one because they like go to a place and they like stop and do a bunch, of, and it's like, oh, I bet this was supposed to be the overarching narrative, and that would be the last shot. I cannot oh believe gosh. this is an hour 39 minutes. Shredding alone at times feels like it's an hour 40. It was so long. Um, I did not finish this in one go. I finished um, <laughs> finished Ozzy's dungeon and I was like, I just need a break. Like specifically starting Gawkers. And I was like, oh, I have to get invested in new characters. It's just I can't do this right now, um, which is really funny for me because usually I can just bust them out. But sure. Paul is known yeah. for busting out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of VHS 99. I think it's my message. I would not recommend you watch it. I'd recommend you leave this one to the streaming algorithm to die a quick and painless. Okay, death. but if you chose one, you would choose shredding. <laughs> That's a bleak fucking question. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd probably pick Ozzy's Dungeon. Yeah, like, so would I. The best moment, I would say, is in Shredding, but the rest of it is not good. It's painful to get through. Ozzy's Dungeon, like, I don't like the ending. I don't particularly, like, really, like, think anything is excellent in it. But I would say, like, consistently stuff is happening. Yeah. Which, I, I is, which is a positive in this sense, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest phrase. Um, stuff happens. Yeah. Stuff happens, and it's weird. There's a plot. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I... It's also not as gross as Kuso, which was shocking to me. I was really expecting him to be like, oh, I get 30 minutes to be disgusting. Let's do this. <laughs> um, Kuso still has moments that uh, hurt my soul. <laughs> well, you got the chance to see Speak No Evil. I did not see this. I want to see it. It's on my list to see by the I end of the year. 
Like it's just not on streaming right now. <laughs> I've not gotten the chance, guys. It's not available for me. Waiting for the opportunity. But Paul, you living in LA somehow got a chance to speak no evil. Not streaming on Shutter. Um, is it good? Should I watch it? <laughs> yes. Um, I think Speak No Evil is my favorite of these. Um, and when I was talking about films where people say, "Oh, you could just leave," this was the one people got mad at. But um, you know, I'm a big uh narrative metaphor person like if you start doing those and your metaphor makes sense i will go through a lot of like uh nonsense in terms of plot um which i think a lot of people are the flip for they're like oh the metaphors make absolutely no sense but wasn't it fun i'm like yeah but like i like a little like uh confusing kind of um you know plotting if you're like it was a really strong like you know telling about what society is and stuff like that. Um, basically this film is just about, um, this couple meets another couple on vacation and that other couple invites them for a weekend to go stay with them. And the couple is weird, but being polite guests, um, our heroes, uh, just deal with a lot of things as it gets worse and worse. And it's so, you know, uh, a lot of people say like, oh, I would have, you know, immediately gotten out of there. And it's it's too weird for me. And I would have known to go. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Because all of us end up in those situations where we're like, you know, oh, this is weird. And like, we know this film is dark and going to be a horror, but it also could have just been a bad weekend. Like, you know, we don't have that. Like, we have the hind 2020 hindsight of knowing I'm watching this on Shutter. Um but yeah, I think this is really fun. I think the ending is really fantastic. Uh, the performances are great. There's some really scary moments, but I do think it is one of those films that's like um, a little slower, a little more, um, you know, uh, muddled in its plotting. So you just have to be aware of that. But overall, I think it's really it's one of my favorite films of the year in terms of horror love that so i'll definitely check that out and i'll get back to everyone when i see it and our last shutter <laughs> original this week is dark glasses from dario argento legendary italian horror director he's the guy behind the original suspiria as well as a bunch of other stuff he um he very very influential but recently apparently has fallen on hard times i've not seen a lot of his recent works but apparently they're terrible but this is kind of a return to form a more focused uh horror film that i enjoyed but didn't love i'm very curious what you think here paul because i know you just watched it today and i genuinely have no idea what you thought but i think like it builds well it's about this blind prostitute who feels like she is being stalked by this man um i think it's a little messy here and there and i think it's interesting in how it plays into the psychological side of like is she really being stalked is there not a killer um, and it builds and builds and builds and i was like okay it's captivating i think the performances are good like i'm here for it but then the ending is so unsatisfying and so quick to wrap everything up that it really felt like the journey probably wasn't worth the destination. Um, I think it's good. I don't think it's like a disaster or anything, but I was very like, eh, yeah, it's it's there. Um, what did you think? I, I was definitely more mixed on this than anything. Um, I... Uh have also not seen many um argento films um maybe one maybe two i don't remember um 
yeah, I've seen Suspiria actually, so I know I've seen that. I don't particularly dig Argento stuff, even when they do like a you know clip show and they show like his other work. I'm like, it doesn't really do much for me. I I have never really connected with that world, but like this is fine. It's not like I'm sure if I watched his other ones, I'd be like, wow, this is using a lot of the same stuff. But like, it's just it's very much like uh, you put it on and it's uh, it's not high art, which I think is the interesting thing that I see a lot of people like, oh, you know, Argento is so into like doing like these high art films and all this stuff. But this is like very much just a slasher. <laughs> it's a, it's a fine, OK, slasher. And I think that's why people are disappointed that it's not like bigger or something more important or whatever. Um, it has a really grisly ending um, that is boring and also like <laughs> I want to say gross, but it was just like laughing a little bit during it. Uh, and yeah, it's, a lot of the stuff is a little confusing, a little boring, but um, overall, like. uh if you're looking for a foreign slasher film, this, that's what this is. And it's, you know, I think if you're a fan of his, I think you'll like it less than people who just don't really have a, a strong opinion either way of his. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I think I as have... I like watch more horror, the Giallo or however you pronounce it, I believe it's Giallo. Giallo. Um, Giallo. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's basically according yell- to the YouTube okay. pronunciation okay. guide I just researched. It was Jallo. I just looked up Jallo. Jallo. Okay. Giallo. Well, look at that, everyone. Italian okay. on the pod. Um, <laughs> Jallo. I don't know. After maybe it's just because like peace and love film Twitter. I hated *Malignant*. I hated the conversation on *Malignant*. Like, I'm just starting to think maybe this genre isn't for me. I know he's really baked into it. I like *Suspiria*, but like. I don't know, each one of these films are just kind of, like, boring and, like, not really well put together. And it feels like people are like, but it's Jallo, so it's okay. And it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's yeah. a great excuse. Well, it. it is interesting that, um, you know, uh, Last Night in Soho is considered that as well. And I like Last Night in Soho. Masterpiece. Five-star yeah, Alina's, Alina's not on here right now, so we can say whatever <laughs> we want about Last Night in Soho. Instead, she'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there's that's the one film we can't bring up around her she just does not <laughs> want to talk about last night so which is sad because it's genuinely my, one of my favorite films of all time but that's okay so fun um so shutter a little bit rough <laughs> i would say of a halloween season i'd recommend you watch Deadstream, and then probably just skip the others and watch some other horror films because there's plenty of good ones out there well I, shutter, yeah i reckon I recommend Speak No Evil. And I also like overall, I think Shudder is one of those that like if you're trying to get into horror, it's kind of great because it has things that aren't the marquee films as much there. And so you go and watch stuff and you're like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And specifically for me, and you kind of find what you like in horror, um, which I think is really unique. Um, you know, a lot of times you just are like, oh, I need to go watch, you know, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, because that's the ones that I've heard of. <laughs> like, then you go and watch ones and you're like, no one's ever talked about this film, but I fucked with it. And that's kind of cool. I really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, uh, this cropping a uh, couple standouts, but for the most part, uh, a little weaker and not for their programming actually like if you look at it on paper it's a really great lineup i just think that they didn't 
uh, work out as well as they could have. Yeah, I mean, Shutter is incredible. I'd recommend everyone get Shutter and just go through their library because they have so. We're well, not good sponsored classes. by Shutter, <laughs> yeah, but they are genuinely great. Like as someone who thought they disliked horror, I've been watching a lot of Shutter and it's been very good. Um, even though I gave up on Hooptober, so it didn't really help me there, but that's okay. Um, uh, Hooptober this year, as I talked about earlier, um, I also gave up and I'm like mad that I gave up, but I like looked at the list and I was like, I don't want to watch almost any of this. It could not be like, yeah, it's just uh, usually it's a lot more loose. And this year it was so tight and like, so like you have to watch it from these directors and do that. I was like, I don't care. It was also from like directors and like, I just don't like, it wasn't fun. It was like, oh, bad options. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I hope next year he loosens it up again. Uh, the first one I did last year was great. Uh, I really got to watch a bunch of new stuff and I felt like I was picking things that I wanted to watch versus like checking off what some random man on Letterboxd told me to do. <laughs> Peace and love to that random man. OK, and our new release of the week is going to be Wendell and Wild. Henry Selleck is back. Netflix has released this animated feature to very little hype or buzz or attention or advertising. It's kind good, of weird, actually. Um, we'll get you, Paul. But Alina, I will let you kick it off with Wendell and Wild. Did you like this? What are your thoughts? Give it to um, us. I don't think I would have watched this if it were not for the podcast. Like this played at TIFF and I was like, I don't need to see that it's coming to Netflix. And then when it came to Netflix, I was like, I don't really need to see that. But I watched it because we needed a new release for the podcast. It's fine. It's about there's like two little demon gremlin guys who are played by Key and Peele. And there's a little girl whose parents die in a very weird car accident. And she's like a hell maiden, whatever that means. And like, it has to do with prison abolition. And honestly, I was a bit confused, but I didn't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get it, but I didn't hate it. I got bored like halfway through and I was like, okay, I'm out. But it still played in the background. (laughs) I'll let Carson oh, go feel- next. Okay. Um, <laughs> I saw this thing back in May at like a really? very early like screening preview of it. And mm-hmm. I am definitely the most positive on the podcast, not to speak for Paul, but I am. I like the film. I don't think it's like a masterpiece or anything. I think it's like very messy at times. I don't really like the demon guys. I was never like, oh, that's very funny. Um, but I, th- I don't know. I like this. I appreciate when animation and filmmaking in general like takes on you meaning i think the prison complex stuff is good to include it definitely like is a little dated with the trump stuff this was pushed back due to covid so that's probably why um but i think the animation is really solid stop motion i like seeing stuff like trans representation in animation i don't know i didn't love this film but i definitely respect it i think a lot more than i enjoyed it i don't know i was a fan here um i'm a little different than you guys um i absolutely despise this in a way that like hurt my soul um and it like i there's not even like a specific thing that i can like describe like you go through and it's like it's so ugly um henry selick is mainly known for the nightmare before christmas and which is like one of my favorite movies um but he's also known for james and the giant peach and this is a lot more james and the giant peach than it is um, and I don't even hate James and the Giant Peach, but it's just like 
it writhes in ugliness. The characters aren't fun to look at. I don't enjoy like, you know, oh, look, it's the wonder of animation. It's like this is just like gross. Um, There's like a scene where a bunch of ghosts get shit out and it's supposed to be funny. And I was just like, I I would have turned it off at that point if we were not watching it for the podcast. I was bored the whole time. I think the voice acting is really weak. I think everyone is just like, you know, especially even like Key and Peele. It's just like feels like they're just like, you know, not really trying. Mm-hmm. Um, the the metaphors aren't metaphors. Um, and it just feels like they just shoved in some stuff. The Trump one to one is bad. I just everything about it just like really like set me off. But I think the thing that most frustrated me was the plot is so convoluted that I think they re-explain the plot about four or five times. Like, they, like, stop the whole film down because, you know, kids are going to be watching this to be like, here's what's going on. Most notably, when they have uh, this nun sequence where she, in, uh, you know, a different kind of animation style, re-shows the entire film again. <laughs> and I was like, why is this happening? I mean, not even, like, And what's so interesting is in the trailer, I got the entire plot of the film. So why did I watch that whole like first 45 minutes to re-see that scene? Um, I just uh, there's nothing that like really grabbed me. There's one girl with her bangs that are the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was so mad about those bangs. (laughs) For me, it was like the character's noses that really put me off. Noses were bad, um, but hair was really the especially like the um prison complex people um the mm-hmm. mom her hair her eyelashes was, her eyelashes it's just like it's just gross but not like in a gross like oh this is like you know getting me it's just gross as in like poorly designed <laughs> like um it also did not help that i went straight from that to go see the new pinocchio uh, <laughs> and seeing like what stop motion can be. I was like retroactively like, wow, I hated that even more. Um, but yeah, um, very disappointed. Also, at an argument with one of my friends, um, and I'm curious what you guys thought. Do you think the plot is more Henry Selleck or more Jordan Peele? I don't see Jordan Peele in this at all, honestly. Oh, yeah. I see very Jordan Peele producing. Like, yeah, um, I guess that's true because he's it's actually very Candyman. Like how I took this, like my first reaction was literally like, oh, it's woke in the exact same way Candyman is where you have like this kind of story, but then you just add these woke elements to it. And I appreciate it. And everyone else hates it. So I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. It felt very on. When you use the word woke is always just so <laughs> funny to me because I feel like it just has such like a negative context now because of like crazy Republicans. And when Carson's like, oh, yeah, something's woke. And I was like, who did you vote for? <laughs> Look, we don't need to get into the 2016 election, okay? <laughs> or 2020. I thought Connie had a chance, okay? <laughs> Wait, Carson, could you even vote in the 2016 election? Wow, that was really upsetting for me. <laughs> I did vote for Biden, though, in 2020, let's be clear. <laughs> Not to upset um... you, Paul. I know you went a different way, but... I, I was really thinking Kanye had it. <laughs> He has some good points. <laughs> he does not have good points. 
<laughs> we get canceled <laughs> because we're making a very dumb joke. So next because... week, guys, we're going to be covering the Yeezus documentary on Netflix. <laughs> oh, special. It was fully canceled. <laughs> we got an exclusive screener. Candace Owens documentary. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, a lot of the stuff. The other thing that like kind of just like uh, set me off about this movie is like it, there's a thing called AWOX, which is um, adults without children uh, or kids. I can't remember which it is. Um, and that's who this movie's for. And then you go, a lot of people are saying it's for kids and you're just like, like people are allowing things to like go past like, oh, it's not great because it's for kids. But at the same time, this is not for kids. No kid is going to watch this. It's boring. I'm 25 and I was like, I don't have to. (laughs) It's boring and it's gross. And like, there's no, there's just no way. I mean, that creature that like sticks down to open up their dad's skull so that he can put in the hair plugs. (laughs) The chilling out in his nose. It's just like. Uh, no parent is going to put that on. No kid is going to watch. It's just, it's the uncanny valley of like movie I mean, recommendations. I feel that way about Coraline. Like I watched it in like whenever it came out when I was a kid on the girl, like I used to sit next to this girl named Georgia on the bus to school and we watched it on her iPod together and I hated it. So, and I have not watched Coraline since. And now I get that it's like a huge cult classic, blah, blah, blah. I'm never watching that shit again. It's traumatizing. Like, I would not be watching Wendell and Wild as a youth of fourth grade. Not me. It's not my... I don't I don't I like for, this. I always forget that Selick did Coraline. Yeah. I was fine with Coraline. But, like, yeah, no. It just, oh, I love Coraline. I think it came out in 2009. I liked the book like of Coraline. I didn't um, like it. I was like, this is trauma for 7 a.m. on the bus to school. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This is trauma, and your phone's like, it is trauma. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to watch Wendell and Wild, it's currently on Netflix. I would recommend it, but it sounds like the other two wouldn't, so take that how you will. Luckily, I'm the one with a good opinion, so that's all that matters. Let's end this <laughs> thing off with our question of the week. Let's first look back last week in honor of The White Lotus coming out, which White Lotus Season 2, Episode 1, now streaming on HBO Max. Uh, We asked what your favorite Jennifer Coolidge performance was. It was close. There was not a single vote for other. So we did pretty good in that department, guys. But with with 37.5% of the vote, the White Lotus won. So congratulations, Paul. Uh, We tied Alina both with 31.3% of the vote. So, you know. I love that. Love it. Great performances all around. Jennifer Coolidge, we love you. Uh, if you have if you are watching The White Lotus and you haven't seen our review from last week, go ahead and watch, uh, listen to that. Um, also, listen to our old episode on The White Lotus Season 1 because it was one of my favorite podcasts we've done and it was very fun and you should uh, <laughs> listen to it. So this week we're going to ask, what is your favorite movie to watch on Halloween? And I'm going to go with a classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street. I think Halloween night, you want a classic. You don't necessarily need something very inspired. And I think Nightmare on Elm Street is so fun. I think the effects are great. It's the perfect mixture of like, it's scary, but it's entertaining. I think you're pretty much like guaranteed to have a great time with the film, um, which is perfect for like a Halloween party or watching something with friends. Uh, Paul, what is your Halloween viewing 
film? I'm going to go with um, one of my favorite directors. Love all that he's done. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> 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 Listen, some people can fall off <laughs> a cliff. Straight into Tim Burton's, jail. <laughs> Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yes. That is like... A, that's like um one of my favorite things about the Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio um is that there's another director and it's still called Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and I'm like imagine being that director and it's like you're not really a part of this that's Harry <laughs> Selleck for Nightmare Before Christmas um yeah no um it's great it also like is one of those films that you can uh use as the bridge period um, I used to watch it during Thanksgiving, actually, weirdly enough. That was like my Thanksgiving movie because I was like, we're moving from one period to the next. Um, <laughs> but now I just watch it uh, Halloween. But yeah, it is interesting film. that you chose a Christmas film for that. But, you know, valid. I'm that not is gonna... not a Christmas film. That's like oh, it's literally about Christmas. It is. It takes place maybe through the lens of Halloween, but it's about Christmas. Let's be clear. Okay, but, but it's perfect for Halloween because Halloween is basically over at that point. Well, it's not okay. Christmas. Seems like it'd be better at Christmas. No, I'm excited for what Alina's going to choose because it's going to be the weirdest thing. And I'm going to be like, sure. No, <laughs> it's like, not Supernatural weird. the movie. No, uh, what is that? Oh, no. No, what? Literally, the only thing <laughs> Halloween movie I have watched multiple times has been like Halloween Town. Woo. That's like a good pick. Halloween like, is cool. Yeah, Halloween I've never Town. Seen Halloween Town. They're very cute, it's really uh, cute because they'd show up on like Disney Channel every year, obviously. So I've seen all four of them and like they always do like a Halloween Town Marathon. So I'd watch those. I don't like horror movies or even as like a kid, I did not watch creepy movies. I didn't watch like a single Tim Burton movie until I was like 20. It's really funny. I know. I mean, I was not watching not missing out on a bunch, not going to lie. Okay. I just like. He looks weird. I don't want to look, watch that. Have shit. you seen Hocus Pocus? No, I ain't watching that shit. It looks like you said, it looks stupid. Oh, valid. <laughs> uh, one of my dreams in life is to go to the Halloween town, like town in Oregon, because they decorate every year. It's where they shot the film. And it's like, I want to go to Halloween town. That's cute. Um, cool. Well, you can vote on our poll at Clapper Podcast and answer with your answers if you don't like one of us three. Let's end this thing by finding where we can find everyone on social media. Alina? <laughs> like you said, like, one of us three. <laughs> like, if you don't like the person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I take these polls pretty personally, so keep that in mind. Um, Alina, where can we find you on social media? I am at Alina Folds on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and TikTok. Paul? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews. Letterboxd just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Clappercast. Make sure to share us with your friends. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Letterboxd. If you have something you want to say, write us an email at clappercast at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema.